praise the Lord. Ushers, uh, usher people in. Find your seat this morning. Praise God. If you have your Bible, Luke chapter 15, if you came there, Luke chapter 15. And uh, I started the class a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And uh, talking about uh, souls, uh, the heartbeat of God, and it should be your heartbeat, my heart, Jesus, when he declared his ministry, before 18 and 19, he picked up the scroll, he went into the temple, picked up the scroll of Isaiah, and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me, and he began to make this declaration of his ministry. And he said, He has anointed me to bind up the broken Centered liberty to a better breed. Open prison doors to those who are bad. Heal the sick. Preach the gospel to the poor. And so if you understand anything, um, uh, we talked about those who are in prison. Uh, there's a lot of prisons that doesn't have to be bars or, you know, open prison county or a lot of people live in prisons of addiction, prisons of fear, prisons of loneliness, uh, depression, it's unending. There's a lot of prisons in life. He said, I came to open the prison doors for those who are bound. Set at liberty, them that are bruised. If you've ever been bruised, one of the marks of being bruised is you lose freedom. You ever had a bruised ankle? Uh, now you, you're limited. You can't run a lot of athletes. They get bruised and they have to set out the game because they can't function. And life bruises you. People bruise you. Rejection, betrayal, lies, molestation, scars, wounds. And life bruises you. The nature of living in a fallen world, a world where sin has gone crazy, is you have this. It's avalanche of people who are in prison and they're bruised, their spirit, their heart, their marriage, their mind. And so he said, I came uh, to, to set at liberty the them that are bruised and uh, open prison doors to those who are bound and set at liberty those that them that are bruised. And then he said, um, I came to bind up the broken heart. Uh, I've pastored for 40 years, and I've never seen such an avalanche of broken hearts. A broken family birth broken hearts. Uh, you cannot violate God's design for life without this avalanche of brokenness. Broken dreams, purity is broken. All of these issues of the heart. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. And if your heart's broken, <coughs> then <coughs> you become hopeless. You speak to people, I speak to people, talk to people, and it's 
likely they walk full of ever having any kind of life, ever having any being able to change, ever and ever getting better. They live in hopelessness, son, and they lose any vision for the future, all of these things. So he declares his ministry and then he, he categorizes it to the poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. All of these uh, has to do with humanity. Don't tell me you're a Christian and you never want to tell the world about Jesus. It's hard to believe that you can be born again and know Him. And surrounded by a flood of agony, brokenness. And here you have the answer. Uh, because you and I are the witness. If He's touched you, if He's saved you, something has changed in your life for the better. Some, there's people here who was a marriage. There's people here you were insane. He was a man. Other people, uh, you were violent, or you were addicted, or you were uh, fearful, or you had no hope. And all of these things. Uh, so you and I have the answer for America. Tonight we're going to show what Billy Graham did this when he's 95 years old. And uh, I read a statement made some short time ago that he did not see how America continued in their disease, their deception, their perversion, their rebellion against God. Without having the consequence of God's judgment. And then he came out with his leaders to be hopeful America. And I'm going to show a segment about the little short segment about tonight. They're going to do it about the cross. And so don't miss that this evening at 6 30. But in our scripture, I want to read our scripture in 15, and I want to try to inspire you and encourage you. Someone, somewhere, told you about Jesus. You had knowledge of the Savior, and you responded to that, and that impacted and changed your life. So let's look at Luke 15, uh, verse 1. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. The Pharisees and scribes, they complained, saying, This man received sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, and he gives three parables here. What man of you having a hundred sheep if he loses one of them? Does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he found it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and went, this is what we looked at last week, rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me. I found my sheep. I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who did not repent. Verse 8, a woman having ten silver coins, and, and I mentioned this in 
thin silver coins uh, has to do with uh, the bridal. Like your wedding ring, very, very precious. Uh, she loses one coin. She lights a lamp. She sweeps the house. She starts it carefully and goes to find it. When she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, "Again, listen to me. Rejoice with me. I found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy. There is that word again in the presence of the angels of God." Then he goes into the third parable <clears throat> about uh, the lost son uh, who went out, wasted his inheritance on righteousness and all of these things. You know. And then in verse 24 of that, then, uh, uh, verse 21, let's go back to it. The son returns to the father, the picture of God the Father, and uh, uh, you and I. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring the breast ready. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf here, kill it, let us eat him. And here's that word again, and be married. For this my son was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost in the family. They begin to be married. And it goes into a whole thing of the golden days. And uh, verse 32, It was right that we should make there's that word again, Mary, and be, be glad for your brother was dead as a lot of lost in this time. And so uh, uh, I'm, I'm using this text as probably one of the most profound uh, in the Bible I know of that talks about reaching the lost and uh, having a heart for the sinner, the broken, as I said, the lonely, the bruised. And. Uh, <coughs> But my point is, it says heaven rejoices. And uh, I'll just do a little recap and then we're going to move on. But uh, what, what gives you joy? I see this question. What is this word? What, uh, what excites you? What brings exuberance? What thrills you? Uh, joy moves an individual. You see people, uh, their team wins. And I hear them in the foyer, these young guys. So it made me fantasy. But anyway, uh, it's joy. They want to talk about it. They're thrilled. Uh, their hearts pumping. Uh, uh, as I said, there's exuberance. There's uh, a thrust. Uh, and uh, there's uh, this thrill, this, uh, this inner joy. And what, what gives you that? Because this is critical. Some people, they, they get joy, and they get this out of something in the world. You get a, you got a big bonus for Christmas, maybe. And that's not evil. Or uh, you're planning a trip to Disneyland. You're, 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 you're really into it. Or as I said, it could be sports, it could be anything in life. Uh, but let me ask you, what about, when was the last Church, and we were 
but this is the heartbeat of God. And if you miss this, um, uh, somewhere, uh, your joy, there's, a, there's an absence of God's spirituality from those who do not witness and do not contend for this arena of God. There's an absence of God's spirit in the world. And I understand some people are just immoral, outgoing, much easier for some people, much harder for others. And, uh, but, but God understands all that. I told the story uh, about this young man years ago I was pastoring who uh, had, you know, I think I won't relate to all the story again, but he was on crutches, came from a horrible background, father in prison, mother a widow, and mocked this young man, was mocked everything. He had his toes cut off in an accident. He's on crutches going door to door, and people would just begin to come in. And I would ask him, how come we're here? And he'd say, you know, there's, there's this knock at the door, and we open the door, and here's this young man standing there. He's on crutches. He, had, he tried to speak, and he didn't even say anything, but he had it. And we looked at it. It was a, a flyer from the church, and we came. And he ended up giving his life to his brother in, you know, swimming disaster. And at his funeral, But, uh, uh, so it's not your ability. I'm not talking here about you have the Bible down pat. You can uh, uh, corner a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon and make them believe. You know, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where you simply see a human life in desperation and agony. And you say, you know what? That's a lost point. Somebody's lost under that. And I'm going to avail myself. And there's a joy. There's, there's a, can you imagine? Think of heaven. And all heaven can rejoice in that. I mean, there's a lot of things that can rejoice in that. A lot of things. God is worried. Jesus coming back. A lot of things in life. And marriage. I mean, some Somebody healed. But it says, the angels in heaven. This, this joy and the thought in the Greek of that is that it floods over the banisters of heaven and cascades down through humanity. Over what? What moves you as a Christian? What do you hear this morning just kind of about What moves you? Here it's possible to be a ministry and still not have this joy or have made this connection. One of the marks of most people when you're first saved is just that passion to tell people about Jesus. But if we're not careful, <coughs> it's interesting. Uh, and, and we took a kind of a poll last week of people, and everyone said the greatest experience and the greatest challenge in the life is when they witness but my point, and this is what I want to pick it up. Look who Jesus is addressing and telling these things to. I need someone to read for me uh, verse 17. In chapter 15, verse 1, 2, and 3. Please get that for me. And Mark, you'll get that. Please, Mark, Michael, please, Billy, please, Billy, Michael. And 
And so you got to think, goodness, God is fast, man. Sure. Almost run out of the way there. Oh, he's coming for me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, think of this. Who is he speaking to? And so, uh, let me make it personal. Is he speaking to you this morning? So if you read that again, uh, this is what triggered these parables. Nothing Jesus teaching was triggered and spontaneous either by a question someone asked or an accusation someone made against him. In this case, it's an accusation. Okay, here, look who's coming near him. Tax collector Now look who's complaining. The man is So, so uh, the tax collectors, I'm going to mention this in my, my sermon in passage this morning, later, they were hated. They were despised. They were Jews that were employed by Rome to tax the Jewish people. And they were vicious, uh, and they filled their own pockets in the process. And so they were despised by the Jews, and then the sinners, the, the heathen, the ungodly. And so Jesus, they're gathering gladly to Jesus. They're, he's eating with them, and the Pharisees and scribes are complaining. Who knows who they are? Who's the Pharisees and scribes? Anybody? Anybody? Pardon? Okay, teachers of the law, what else? Anybody? Okay, they were the religious people of the day. Uh, they were uh, in the temple. Uh, they were, as Guillermo uh, said, teachers of the law, etc. And so, and so, the religious people are complaining. A mark of becoming religious in Islam. When I when I use the word religion, I'm not using it in the I'm using it having a form of godliness called. But denying the power of the I use the term religious, but normally that's how they have, but they go through religious rituals, but their heart's not right with God. They, they have a lot, uh, the more religious you can make, marks are religious. The more religious, I've seen religion around the world, Buddhism, Hinduism, missionary in Malaysia, just got back from India, uh, Hinduism, uh, uh, they always, uh, Catholicism, Rituals, they beat themselves. I've seen run skewers, hooks, stuff in their bodies. It's always by pendant, crawl through glass on their hands and knees to the tomb of Guadalupe or whatever. It's always you're going to be saved by works and etc. Uh, I'm, so when I use the term religious, um, uh, it's, 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 they're complaining because of his heart and his desire to reach and relate the sinner and the tax One of the marks of becoming religious is when you can 
complain about outrage? Or you don't know, vote? Or you complain about street preaching or witnessing or, or just like I've heard some of these big preachers on television say, well, we, we don't use the word sin. Or uh, we don't want to, uh, uh, well, the problem is it's in the Bible. Or we don't use the word hell. Well, the problem is it's in the Bible. And, uh, or they tell stories, and, 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 but when you, you press them, very keen, the old, old speech sometimes they get so, so what about it? Our Hindus do And he would not come out and say, you must be born again. He would not come out and say, there's only one, Jesus Christ, the, the Son of the living God, and except by him, no man shall be forgiven. you or ever see the kingdom of God, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm crazy. Millions of people watching. And so, but what about you? What about you? Inviting your neighbors, your friends, family members, classmates. You invite them to church. Revelation chapter 2, Jesus talked about the church of Ephesus, had all kinds of words. And he said, You left your first love. What's your first love? What's your first love? And so, uh, this is who he's addressing. They're, in the Greek, they're sneering at Jesus. They're, it's not just words, but their, their attitude is mocking, cynical attitude. That almost like he's unclean. How, how dare you talk to these people and eat with them? And when he touched the lepers and, and, and these kinds of things, and they're upset because sinners have begun to come. I'll never forget, I was pastoring many, many years ago at a small church in Moundville, Illinois. And there were these people who had been in the church forever. And it was interesting to me that, and some of them were fantastic people, David Parker was our song leader. He would, uh, uh, he was a strong leader, and he'd go witnessing with him. And we'd go door to door. He couldn't see. He was almost blind. About every six months, there'd be a service God would be moving. He said, Pastor Frank, I need an overhaul. And he'd get one. He'd go on, and he'd go on in the way up in his 80s. And I can remember taking him on outreach, and he'd fall in ditches. I'm trying to catch him, you know, and he's stumbling. And, but if I ever got him in the house, and it's hard for them to resist him, old, frail, ball-headed old man, you know, and a lot of people knew him. And I got him in there and just turned him loose. That's all I did. I just, I just took him in there and we 
I mentioned last week, uh, uh, or maybe it was the week before, I can't remember, but anyway, I, I mentioned, what if you, what if you showed up at work for your husband or your wife? What if you showed up there? Just just think for a moment before you, before you get, you know, think about what, what if you, how many here are married? What if you showed up at work? And your spouse, you just kind of showed up there, and uh, maybe your husband works there, or something, you showed up, there's an emergency in practice, and, and you come out on the job, there he is working, and all of his friends, you show up, and they oh, honey, I listen to kids, and they all look at him, we didn't know you were there. This, this is your husband, this We've worked with you for five years. We've been in class with you every day for three years. With the heart man believes, but with the mouth confession is made If you want to keep your salvation vibrant, if you want to keep it fresh, if you want to keep your salvation crisp and anointed, you got to confess sin. Do you do that at work? Or do you think it's foolish? Waste of time. Ah, it's a waste of time. Nobody needs what if your husband said that? What if your husband said that? I, I didn't. My wife, I'm married. Yeah. 
And so, uh, uh, stand up. Let's see if you're healed. Move your shoulders and all that. And because I prayed for the other night. Her, look at that. She couldn't raise her hand the other night. Uh, in a rotary. Uh, move your neck around. And move your because your neck. Her neck was real stiff. Okay. Praise the Lord. We believe. You. So uh, let's give God praise. Can we give the Lord praise? Jesus still heals people. He starts. He came up. I could tell I'd heard about the accident. And, and uh, it was in her shoulder, rotary cuff, and so on. And uh, she was waiting around for the Lord. What did they say at work? They tried to send you off. Is that on? Yeah, that was Thursday. Friday, um, a few of us from different groups decided to have And um, God put it on my heart to pay for the land. It was something I wanted to do. It was the land. He sat down. I had a great witness. I was pleased. I said, I think God sometimes uses every circumstance, uses anything that's bad, make it good. And then um, six people sitting at the table, and they were asking me to hear about the action of the whole world. Talking conversation, and they're talking about margaritas and everything else. What about you, Sarah? So margaritas. <laughs> and I said, you know, I don't drink anymore. I said, God delivered me of that too. Back in 1980, I ended up giving my whole, my whole testimony, and a gal across the table from me weeping. Oh, she started weeping. Yeah, I said that God is good, isn't He? And I said, you know, for this thing. All you have to do is pray the finished prayer. Of course, they didn't do that. But they prayed the message. Yes, praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. And uh, that's so true. We need to stop this. What the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says, all things work together for good. For those who love God, will be quoted in your prayer. Joseph in the Old Testament. Let's give the Lord praise. Thank you. God bless you this morning.